Welcome back to another podcast delivered to you by WeddingSuppliers.ie. It's been a while since we have a podcast. I was actually looking back. We have Sarah Kennedy on the line. I was looking back, Sarah. The last time we had a, a conversation was on the 14th, I think the 14th to the 3rd um, this year. Wow. So that's when COVID was all starting to break. Um, and so, I was like, it'll pass, it'll be fine. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, look, it's... it's it's so messy. Like, I mean, we've moved into all different spaces. It's been such a roller coaster for wedding couples, 100 guests, 50 guests, you know. But we're going to touch off the guidelines that Fall to Ireland um, released, I think it was last Monday night. And some of them, yeah. you know, the, the, the new ones added, we all know at this stage, it's 11.30 curfew and the face coverings. Um, where are you, Sarah, with all of this? Yeah, well, look, I think that... Um Again, even with those with those guidelines published, it was um, it's still there were still layers of confusion for brides and grooms, and but at least it was a step closer to being clear based on the announcement previously to that. And look, they are they are restrictions. They are a lot of them for some couples may be prohibitive, but if that's the necessary, <laughs> that's the necessary. Um, like the key thing is, yes, we still are in a pandemic and, and the issue that we have is we don't know how much harder it's going to get just yet because as you know, Carl, it's a, it's a, it's a changing wheel every day. You know, schools have to go back and we see that the pubs aren't, um, there's no sign of those guys, those guys getting to reopen either. So we're really in quite a limbo stage. So I think that what it feels like is that after the whole golf gate and the spectacle that was made of that, but there's a little bit of overcompensating on any type of function so that there can be very little, I suppose, um, excuse my French, pit taking that can yeah. come out of it. Um, but also on that, then it's also, it, it feels like it's just the step before it, it might be, you know, we might have to slow down on weddings completely because schools yeah. do have to go back. Yes, yeah, schools you know, and look. And, and we just don't know what's coming out of that. Like, you know, my own husband has plenty of friends, they're all teachers and, and like I'm worried then next week my husband going back. So, mm. you know, I think we need to let that wash and I think I don't look, I do think that they are, you know, in, in what is the essence of a wedding is, the restrictions do not align with what it is. Yeah. So a part of me feels that genuinely should they have actually just said we're calling weddings in this in this wave. You know, like I know that may sound harsh and that may upset people, but it's you know, they are so chronically restrictive. And what I'm finding is that an overwhelming amount of brides and grooms are coming to me saying, I really don't want to get married with these restrictions, particularly around the masks and the curfew. Yeah. So, and that's their prerogative. So where they stand is that they can't cancel. Um, and in some cases, the venues are saying, you can't postpone, you know, we don't have the date. So they're kind of saying, well, look, you know, they don't have a leg to stand on because the venue is still providing them with the service and ready to go. But um, there is there is contractual issues. I, I look. I said this on live line, and and uh, I think both of us are. This is more of a conversation between you and I because I'm in the wedding industry. You're deeply involved in the wedding industry as an Irish wedding blogger. You're constantly talking to couples directly. You know mm-hmm. venues directly. And look, we need to get the kids back to school. Um, and I actually said it on live line yesterday. Is are we just better off? pulling weddings at least we all know where we stand then there's a yeah. lot of weddings in the diary for myself you know we've still got six weddings with the band um in mm-hmm. september the, these couples just want to get married now you know they want to go ahead yeah. then they're hit with this eleven thirty thing like let's touch off the, the, the contracts in a while but with the eleven thirty thing i suppose 
my issue, you know, we issued a letter to, to Minister Donnelly before the 11.30 curfew, just really asking government um, to kind of show the homework in relation to the, the number restriction. Uh, and I know yeah. you've you've spoke out on TV about this. Let's talk about the capacity thing. I think we should continue to push for that going forward. Yeah. Uh, I think you'll agree with yeah. that. Like, the capacity thing would resolve a lot of the issues, wouldn't it? Apart from the 1130, I we can speak so. about that in a minute. I think so. Like, it, like you know, Bride is on to me where her, the venue that she's in, that she's used to get married in, you know, the room can take 350. Whereas, you know, there's venues like smaller exclusive venues that the max capacity is 150. So where, you know, <laughs> what makes one more safe than the other? Do you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. And I thought, as I've mentioned this to retail, you know, you know, you go to your local news agents and you can have three people in the shop at one time, yet you can go up to Lidl and you can have 60 in the shop at one time because it's capacity, you know, and um, like the same sort of logic should be applied across venues. Yeah, yeah. I, I said it would it. solve an awful lot of problems. I said it, um, I said it like I was in Liffey Valley the other day. Sorry for cutting across you, Sarah. And I went, this no. is just bizarre. Half them weren't wearing masks, you know. There was, mm-hmm. It was wall to wall with people. I was freaked out and I got out of there. And, yeah. you know, let's be honest about the venues. Like venues, we know the venues. Venues are working really hard to try and make this work. It's not actually feasible for them to have 41 no. and a half people at a wedding. And, in and, a 350 capacity room yeah. and trying to heat light it service and do all of that and make it work and you know a lot of them there's a lot of venues i'm talking to they're running at a loss yeah the the majority of weddings they've done in the last month they have ran at a loss because they want to make sure the brides and grooms get where they need to be so like you know and people aren't shouting about that they're not shouting about you know the great work that venues are doing it's everything that you know i suppose the negative that's getting more attention than anything yeah i think we'll have you know We'll have rogues in every business. I'm. I think most of the Correct. venues are, are are playing their part. Um. Look, this might lead us on to the contractual stuff. Like this is what I brought up on Live Line yesterday. I suppose people are shouting, "It's only a wedding. Just move it to next year." But there's other areas here that are quite complex for couples. Some of them just want mm-hmm. to get married. Um. It, the yeah. government are making it really hard for that to happen right now, and we are a little bit frustrated coming from the wedding industry point of view. It, like with the contracts. Could you give us some indication of what some experiences couples might have with a contract with a venue? How does that work? Um, yeah. Can we break them, you know, or do we want to break them? That's the question. So so there's a, there's a few different points on this. So, you know, first of all, not everybody's contract is exactly the same, right? Because different venues have different terms, conditions and everything like that, right? So that's number one. So I guess, asked an awful lot oh my venue said this my venue said that you can't judge anything till you read the contract and I've actually now at this point I've pretty much referred everybody to talk to their family solicitor purely because there, there, there's so much going on in the background of this stuff that neither I nor you could, could even begin to be able to in any position to advise on but in saying that what, what seems to be happening is and what um, bubbles up and what's become really transparent is the lack of um, robust structure around contracts in the industry and the lack of consistency being the big problem. So one venue has decided this is what we're going to do on our side and another one is saying, oh, well, I'm going to do this on my side and another one is just saying, I just want to keep the brides and grooms really happy and get on with it. Um, so, you know, you hear some stories of venues that have basically said um, you still have to pay 
for what yeah. you booked. So if your yeah. minimum numbers were 150 and that's what you signed, that's what you pay. No, not budging. And then if you want, well, you can move into next year and pay that. But we're not, we're not, you know, mm. we, we, this, is, this is our fee. So there's that on that side, right? And then there's the second side where you've got some that are saying, look, um, we need to talk on this. So your numbers are here as per the government. We are, this is what we need to stay afloat and keep open. So we need to take, you know, we'll only charge you for for whatever 50 people or whatever the 40 is, but you're going to have to pay a venue higher fee or an extra price per head for us to actually make this happen for you because that's what we need to be able to do our job. And a lot of couples are going, okay, look, that's fair. As much as it pains me, you're meeting me somewhere. Mm. And then others are saying, you know, no, you can't postpone. And then others are saying, um, yeah, of course, go ahead, cancel. We'll give you your deposit back. And then others are saying, <laughs> it's very you know, um, <laughs> you, can, you can postpone this year, but if you want to go into 2021, you're going to lose your deposit for 2020 and you have to put down a whole new booking fee. Yeah. And 2021 or 2022, which is wrong. That is fundamentally it wrong. It is, like yeah. Like morally, in every way wrong. As a supplier so, myself, um, you know, we see people you now. Never do. You know, you never do. I see yeah. people now from 2021 moving into 2022. Now, for various different yeah. reasons, they're just a bit spooked. Can we talk about, so we, we see the contractual issues with venues and everyone is going to have a different response. And what mm-hmm. we're seeing as well, some venues would say to a couple, and I think it's important to get this point across, this this all comes back down to this restriction number 50. It's causing problems for yeah. bands, suppliers, venues. So the venues are saying, look, if it's only 50 and there's five people in your band, you know, do you want two people in the band and have three more guests. I can understand the venue saying that. Something that we're saying to couples is, look, you could have a conversation with the venue, say, look, at that stage of night when the band comes, some of the staff will be gone home. You know, we can kind of work around it. And that's been well received by venues. It's about us finding ways around the issues and influencing um, our our couples on that basis. Some venues are saying, look, no music, no dancing. That's not in the Mm -hmm. guidelines. If a a venue says that to a couple, they need to question that. Um, Well, well, that's it, yeah, I agree. I think that's just, look, there's no no logic behind that because if you were going to take their wedding at 150 and go up to past 11.30, what's the difference now? You know, a service is a service, your doors are open and they're not. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and you can't do that to couples because they've been stripped of absolutely every everything else around it. Don't exactly. take the dance. You and know, if, like, fair enough if, you know, if, if, if a wedding party saying, yeah, we'll wear our masks on the dance floor, we'll do all that, we'll adhere to all of that, then let them have their dance. You know, um, the difficulty for venues that I'm hearing is that it's they're feeling they're just, um, it's impossible to man the dance floor and, you know, implement everything and what they're worried about is that people will be taking uh social media footage and posting it on the dance floor and if there's one hair out of place I know. they're screwed that's it so there's a little that, bit yeah. of that but yeah. i'm not seeing that though not fair. I'm, I'm genuinely not seeing it i'm seeing venues running everything meticulously i'm seeing everything work really well and particularly the guests coming to the wedding they don't want to be in a mosh pit you know no. they are they are people are being responsible with this and um like whatever about the eleven thirty curfew, yeah, look, I don't get it myself, but that's yeah. not I'm not an expert, right? So mm. Um, I think we will be. be I think we will be. We, it wouldn't like, be a deal breaker for me, though. We might be. We might be experts in. Uh, we might be mathematicians and uh, epidemiologists. Why all of this is over? Um, but, oh, but, Jesus! I know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, my my heart goes out to like a lot of the people in the entertainment end of things, photographers, you mm. know. But venues, I st- I keep on coming back to venues. I feel sorry for venues because I hear f- stories from some suppliers saying the venues are making it really difficult for us. 
they're not. The, the, the restriction on 50 the is making it difficult. It. Right? We, we mm. get this number change. We're going to be advocating for this and shouting out about this numbers game a little bit more. The 11.30 curfew, um, my response to that would be, okay, let's try and find the science behind it. Show us your homework on it. Um, and also, I was thinking about it. If you try and shut something down at 11.30, the traditional Irish you know, will they all run to the mm. bar and try loads, buy loads of drinks? Will that happen? The other thing is, though... Well, you see, they can't, because they can't do bar service. They, you, you can only be served drink while it's... Of course. Um, Sitting during, down like, or, a dining session. So it's controlled. So, like, but I know, look, if this is my group friends and we were at a wedding, we'd be like, can I have 10 vodka yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and 10 coke? You'll have it in the handbag. You know, and, that was, and, that, and they're like, for everyone here at the table, no, no, just... Just yeah, just for me. So it's, look, <laughs> yeah, we're Irish, yeah. and it's actually going to exacerbate the issue of people bringing. Like, this is one thing that venues will have absolutely. They've, like, I've had a few venues come to me over the years, going, "How can you, from a marketing perspective and creative perspective, put something up that's nice and says your guests cannot bring their own drink to your to this wedding?" Or, yeah, you know, yeah, it does happen. Like, does it's happen. going to exacerbate that because the, the, the thing about it is, if people will, people will take the law into their own hands. Now, the the the, the, the issue, well. You know, I think majority of people are being reasonable and they actually don't want to expose, you know, mm. to being too close to people. I think everybody is just, a li- you know, everybody is very aware of the problem. Yeah. But what I find with the, the 11.30 curfew is people are just going to bring their day forward to get the, to get a longer stretch out of it. Yeah. Um, so, you're, you know, you're still going to have a, that. You'll still have the equivalent of going to 1 a.m. Yeah. And look, you know, we don't we don't actually want to go. We've we've went across the waters into the UK, and we've actually performed at weddings in the states. It's a whole different. And I see some people coming out and they're calling for that. Why can't we be like the states and the UK? Well, I can tell you now, we mm-hmm. don't want to be like the UK because you'll be all looking at each other at half eleven, wondering what to do next. Because we actually performed at a wedding in the UK, quarter to eleven. You know, I went up to the bar looking for a bottle of beer after the, the gig. Oh, no, sorry, we're closed. I was going, what, 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 yeah. what, 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 what are we going to do now? So I think yeah. I think it's important to protect the traditional Irish format. After all of this uh, is over, and, and it will be over, there's going to be an absolute sense of euphoria. If you look at any of the history books, what happens after a, a pandemic, Yeah, it's going to be a boom. And I think I think you'd oh, agree. Yeah. Can we just talk to off the face? Masks. I'm looking at Falch Ireland. Mm-hmm. Face covering should be worn by employees yeah. and customer facing roles with no other protective measures in place, e.g. protective screens and where physical distance of two metres is not possible. That's when a staff member should wear a mask, if two metres. But then the next line down, it says face covering should yeah. also be worn by guests when arriving and leaving their tables. Now, how yeah. in God's name is that going to work? It's not going to, is well, you it? See, and this is again, this is again, like... Fair enough if you had this, um, you know, when you land at the venue and the first step you take is into the function room. But, you know, like it's not the same as a restaurant environment where you arrive at the door and you're taken to your seat. Venue, the reason why people book venues and, and hotels is because the space around it and the setting. So um, what's really confusing is at what point can you take and take off your mask when in the lead up to going into the room, Right. So if you're getting your photographs outdoors, um, that should be fine because you can safely socially social distance. Um, Your photographer will still have their mask on, everything like that, right? So you've got that part. Mm. Then when you go into the room, you can take your mask off, right? So all of the work that you've done before, 
you're now in a room where everybody's mingling and there's no and now there's no mask requirement. So I'm I'm just really confused. Like yeah. so if I think of walking into Mill House to do a thing, right? Just off the top of my head. I've I've walked into Mill House. And this function room is right down at the back and you've got all these lovely lounge areas before. So are they saying that I can't have my mask on in the lounge when I'm enjoying my tea and my scone on arrival? Mm. And then I it's literally just when I get to the function room all's off and I'm swinging it in the air and then but I'm now you know, it's, you it know, makes absolutely no difference. Would you agree? I'm not it's, saying it's, that masks aren't required, no. but I'm I'm just wondering. Yeah. I just don't get it. No, it's a, to be honest. And to speak out, it's a it's an absolute ridiculous guideline. It's 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 almost impossible to try and I, like yesterday. I was saying we're in the hospitality sector. We're not in, we're not there to control people and how the social. It's not their job. Um, but mm. but I will say, Sarah, any weddings that we've performed that people are social distancing, dancing. Are, it's it's actually achievable. They can still have a good time. Yeah. And what I've seen is from the weddings go back, whether you're going to have twenty people at a wedding or forty, you know, or a hundred. A lot of couples are questioning, can we still have a good time with 20? Absolutely, yes, you Absolutely, can. Yeah. You can actually have a better time. A yeah. Um, yeah. But the face mask, it says further down, face covering should be worn by staff during the service of the meal. But it doesn't actually state mm-hmm. that it should be worn throughout the day. Consider providing hand, cider, hand sanitizer on each table. Consider. So look, we're not questioning false Ireland's guidelines, but what we're no, trying to no, say, no. Look, it's, th- yeah, it's, this is it's it. difficult. Look, uh, like, Carl, you know, as you said, you walked through Liffey Valley and you were creeped out. People weren't wearing the mask, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. get I get the necessity for a mask, but what I don't get is, like, when I picture walking into a hotel or a venue, there's a whole setting before you even hit the function room. Yeah. So in that setting, in that lounge, and that downtime when the couple are getting their photographs taken, does everybody have to have a mask on then? Yeah, like, if the, you've got an exclusive venue, like, and you've got all these lounges, like a mill house, like Sonabrini, where, where, do, where do you stop and start with your mask? Because basically the, vet, the, the, the outside setting rolls seamlessly into the function room. Yeah, so to call out the function room is just a little bit... Yeah. It's, it's look, you know what, there's, there's only two real answers to this. Uh, you know, look at the capacity the size of the room, you know. Let's talk about mm-hmm. contact tracing. My big argument would be over the last couple of weeks coming out trying to defend the couples because look in fairness I'm in business in the wedding industry and so are you but I think firsthand we know each other well enough that we're going to shout out for the couples because they're the victims mm-hmm. and they're the people that actually ultimately sometimes ultimately for me pay, pay my wages and I'm going to shout yeah. out for them and it's important they don't really have a, have a good voice apart from from yourself and other other platforms that can um Shout out for them, but the yeah, contact- and they're so they're so hungry to like the amount of people that have got into saying how can I how can I voice this how can I how can we make a difference here yeah. you know loads are writing to their local TDs so people want they really want to shout from the rooftop that they're not happy yeah they do and it's evident from even we hear the radio clips and stuff that that's that's what they want and there is a sense of the backfire of people saying look this is your wedding we're in the middle of a pandemic you know and yeah. none of us are coming out debating that but what we're trying no. to do is to find solutions ask questions about restrictions find solutions like weddings are the most unique type of event and one of the biggest type of events of anyone's life um in ireland and we do weddings really really well it's a huge industry we want to protect it so it brings us down to the contact tracing and this would be something where getting into a room maybe with nefit to say what can we do to help to make this a little bit safer i know large gatherings 
are, 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 someone suggested it's like a COVID party with alcohol and stuff. But mm-hmm. hotels are controlled environments. We can sanitize, we can contact trace, we can fever check, we can pre- take all the right precautions. Now, will there be a cluster at a wedding if more and more weddings are given, uh, you know, to given the go ahead with, with more capacity? I think the answer would be possibly yes, of course. Yeah. Should you go to a wedding if you if you're you know in a certain risk factor? The answer would be probably no. And the other issue that's been brought up with this fifty um, guests, we now have to alienate some family members and friends. And how long is that? Is that going to break a relationship down? That's just one thing I thought mm, about today. Yeah, for a while. you hit me. You made the list, and you didn't. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. Look, it, look. I don't think at this point, and I know um, couples were getting a lot of flack. Um, from listeners on on various shows across the week that it's only a wedding, it's only this. It's, it's not the point that it's a wedding, right? The point is that these couples have had nothing but turbulence since March and false hope. Um, they've been up and down. And what people aren't seeing on the other side of that is, yeah, it might be a wedding, but there's, there's a lot of their money tied up in this that they're not going to get, like in some cases may not see or maybe have to sacrifice portions of their budget. Yeah, yeah, it's more than that. It right? is more than that. It's like much more what, complex. What, what people are paying for their wedding, in some cases, is a deposit for a house, right? So let's not forget that it's serious business across the board. So, um, you know, I had this debate actually with my dad yesterday. My dad's like, you know, the important thing is that people get married. What's the fuss? I was like, yeah, that is the thing. But also, you know, if this was me, I'd be devastated. Mm. I'd be absolutely devastated because I've put so much work and thought yeah. and imagination into this and now it's pulled from under me. And then you tell me that I have to postpone and so I do that and now I'm, I'm approaching my postponed date and now I have to go again. The venues are, my contract, it's not it's not very clear. There's no roadmap. There's nothing. So it's not, it's, it's what, what's happening here. I don't think people are overly consumed about, oh, my big day. No, there's no bride in the world that's being a bride villa at the moment, right? So let's, we, we, let's move on from that sort of stigma. It's people are are worried because they are not they are not getting clear advice. They're yes. not getting they're not getting fair advice. They're being messed about at every corner by by certain suppliers or venues. So they're having they're coming up against it, and they've so much money invested in this, and there is a worry that they'll lose it. And you know, there's a lot of couples. That are furloughed, they've got um, a lot of uncertainty in their in their jobs, and then to be told that your money isn't, you know, you have to pay for 150 people, and but you're only bringing 50, like that's a huge blow, and it will send people into pure chaos. So the lack of consistency and clear governance and guidance around um, this whole process and the management of it, and the um, how people are implementing it, that's what couples are losing their mind about. It's not because oh. I want my big day and I want to be a princess and arrive in a second carriage and horse. Mm. It's not that. It's actually like I'm worried about my financial security with this. I'm worried about vulnerable people that I really want to have at my big day. And I'm really, you know, disappointed that I've been dangled on the string for all this time. And there's no, and, and, and they know that, look, there's nothing anybody, government or anything can do about this. It's more just like, when is this going to get better? Yeah. That's, I think that for a lot of people is, you know the big thing. And that you know, leads you us, get so excited. Yeah, and look, that leads us on onto the next the next uh, question. Two questions, actually. Um, I'll come to the first one now, but the, the second one would be what we're going to look at is about telling couples what to do for twenty twenty one. But the reality is, if we can touch off, I could put this question to you. Um, 
where we are now, and as we look at things unfolding, we see cases, and we don't want to get into a political debate. We don't want to question what the government are doing. We have to question the guidelines and where we're going with all of these issues. Um, but thankfully, there's no deaths at the moment, and that that that's brilliant. Yeah. And we're really, really Thank happy. God, yeah. It seems that the medical world are getting better at treating this virus for the more vulnerable as well, which is great. Yeah. There is the venue's fear of that if a cluster happens. We don't want that to happen, obviously not. So, you know, we, we're, we're kind of, you know, treading on, on kind of thin ice asking for more numbers. But I think we're very confident that we can work with it and the couples want to work with it. Um, yeah. What would you say to couples in 2021? We're seeing some of them getting spooked. And, and just on the medical yeah. front, we are aware seemingly Fritz are coming out looking for approval for a vaccine as close as October, so anything can change very soon. How yeah, long should a couple yeah. be looking at? So if you're if they're getting married in March or February next year, what should we be saying to them? I just think that they need to sit tight. Yeah. I re I honestly do. Like if you told me back in March this is the way it would be in say uh now versus three weeks back, there are two polar different scenarios so we don't have a magic you know a crystal a crystal ball here to predict anything and nor are we you know experts to be able to, to say what will and what won't happen what I'd be saying is that just have a plan B like at the very start of this one when, when it was all starting to kick off is be, be practical about it you know anything could happen have a plan B be open-minded to the fact that okay if I had to move would I move or am I going to go ahead under whatever restriction is in place you know just I think it's just Go in with an open mind. Don't have an expectation. But I wouldn't be going into this chaos of jumping ship and pushing, you know, and unless you really want to, if you, you want to postpone further, do. But if you're kind of happy enough with the time frame and you've already postponed, mm. I sit tight because, you know, you have to remember once you start to get through, like a big challenge that we're going to see here is going to be getting through the normal flu season. Yeah, and the, schools, and the schools and the schools and the economy coming schools. back. Exactly, yeah, yeah. That's it. And like for me, I think that, um, we have to kind of let that sit before seeing anything. And well, you have to remember, like around Christmas and January, they sometimes are kind of more the peak um, winter flu and blo- and, and bug mm. season. So you, you've got those two kind of scenarios coming up against it. Yeah. So I just don't think you can make any call on it because as you said, there could be a vaccine in the morning. Um, it could, it, you know, it could get under control as quickly as we did before. Um, you know, so I just wouldn't, but I would, I would expect this still to be going into the first quarter of 2021. Um, geez, I would expect some level of restriction in terms of numbers, but I don't think it would be, you know, all going well. I hope it's not as stringent as it currently is. Yeah. But look, none of us are in a position to say what it's going to be like. All I can say is just have an open mind and think of if, if the current restriction that you see now was something that you would, you know, if you were faced with that, what decision would you be making? And just have that in the back of your head say yeah. okay well if that's what I face with I'll make a plan and I'll push out but there's no there's no point right now in you know jumping you know to the end of mid 2021 to the end of 2021 because you could be absolutely fine yeah exactly so, and, and in fairness in fairness we do see the, the, the medical world getting better at treating the virus and you know we're learning how to live with it and I think that's a big yeah. statement for all of us look if the restrictions are 50 you know 
you find your way around it go ahead we're doing weddings at 50 they're brilliant they're great crack people are dancing social Absolutely. distancing we know all the people there we get better as we move on we'll find ways and look Sarah I know that you're shouting out and I'm shouting out we're coming out now to defend the couples we're going to be pushing you know documentation towards government to say look you know can you help us with this 11.30 curfew can you help us with the numbers that's going to be a big message yeah. going forward um, and, and we will try and defend the couples as much as we can and of course all the thousands of people that are unemployed in the wedding industry a lot of someone said to me the other day God, you know, I never thought about the wedding industry. Every time I went to a wedding, I just sat there and it was beef or salmon <laughs> or whatever yeah, traditional. Yeah. And I had my glass oh, of wine. Me. He said, yeah. but all of this stuff that goes on in the background, that part of being a professional wedding supplier is making all that stuff happen without really an awful lot of people seeing you. Look to see the band, to see the DJ. But down to the florist's down to the cake maker, the people that yeah. put the linen on the, on the um, you know, everything and make the room right. It's a huge industry. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a country that has so many amazing wedding suppliers. Maybe some of them aren't playing ball with their customers, but that's not going to work out well for them There's a lot when of we come fear, out of this. Though. No. You know. And the thing is, you have to remember, like Ireland is one of the, the world's um, most sought after wedding destinations yeah. in the whole world. Yeah. You know, it is, you know, when Americans think about what would a dream wedding be, you know, you will find a strong portion that are looking for castles and the first place is going to be Ireland. So, like, it's taken a huge blow in terms of international travel coming in as well. So, yeah. you know, it, there is, it's, it's a huge, huge, valuable industry. Yeah. And we can see that without it, the impact that it has. And I think my my main thing that I'd like to see happening here is consistency. That's all I'm asking for is that. You know, yeah. everybody plays by the same rules and that it's clean and clear. And the difficulty is that we've got, you know, in Northern Ireland, they've got very different rules from us, right? So the border counties, as you know, call as well, we're hearing it. They're struggling with people going cross border to, or, you know, because they can have higher numbers up that way. Like, so there has to be something that we have to look at in terms of what does it mean for a consistent um, industry across yeah. everywhere so that everyone's singing from the same hymn sheet couples are being treated fair fairly and that actually the, the venues and suppliers they're being giving ample financial support so that they don't have to Im, Im, impose unnecessary cost on couples and i think that's really if you know if there could be some leveler there in that regard yeah. it would do you know, so much for couples. Like I'm hearing couples that have seven grand put down in bed. Oh, and look, they, and they can't walk away. It's just, <laughs> no, yeah, like, it's so. dreadful. But it comes back to one thing, one one fundamental thing. If we got the numbers based on the capacity of the room, absolutely all of these issues would fundamentally go away. The face coverings are one thing. The eleven thirty is one thing. I think we can live with the eleven thirty yeah. if we can have. More I think numbers. we can. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I think you can. And despite it being in shock about, you know, but look. When, when weddings start to roll out and have face masks and everything, you'll see that there's there's ways and means around it. Yeah. You know, so no, nothing is nothing is a deal breaker is what I what I'm saying. But yeah. the, the the issue is the panic and where the panic is coming from is is really um, this feeling of completely lost at sea when it comes to um, the contract and the financials that look for the couple. 
Okay, Sarah Kennedy, absolutely a pleasure. I think we should tune in maybe once every fortnight just to give some information to her. To to you're doing yeah. you're doing great. You're doing a great job, uh, Sarah Kennedy, Irish Wedding Blog. We see you on the TV, we see you on Instagram, and your message is very very positive. And I can see it from wedding couples, especially they need. Uh, they need they need people like us to help them to steer them because you know what to navigate is, absolutely yeah, they're, they're only getting married once hopefully we've been married we're, we're married Sarah. Well, we're not married together you're married <laughs> yeah. I'm married but uh, we, we've been there and we're in the industry we see how things are so they need people like us to come out and help them in every way we can Sarah have a lovely weekend lovely chatting to you, you and too. thanks again for joining us thank you bye